It is time for Around the 412 with Smitty and Tyler. Welcome back to another episode of Around the 412. I'm Tyler. With me, as always, is my co-host, Smitty. Be sure to go follow us on all of our social medias at Around the 412. While you're there, go check out the pinned post on X and go to the description of each of these shows, whether you're on the listening platforms or over on the YouTube, and check out the links that we have in the description. Our first link is year six of Rockin' Around the 412, our Christmas fundraiser. If you haven't learned anything about it yet, go check out that link. Over the past 25 years, we've been able to raise over $25,000 with the help of all of you to be able to provide Christmas for children in our local 724 and 412 area codes, as well as partnering with the East Rochester Salvation Army and being able to adopt kids off of their angel tree and provide those children Christmas as well. If you click on the GoFundMe link, you can read about the mission and that's where you can also donate. You can also donate just reaching out to us as well, or you can go to, is it Keeks Barbershop where you can drop off stuff as well as you can adopt kids off of the angel tree directly if you wanted to there's all sorts of ways to get involved but also that that link um if you know any families as well you can uh reach out to smitty or i directly or around the 412 pages whether that's on uh twitter instagram and anything like that if you want to reach out to us if you know a family or if you are a family that could use some help this time of year feel free to reach out don't be shy uh we would be definitely willing to help you guys out um, so just let us know. But also we have a uh, Facebook and Etsy link in the description of the shows, which is our, our friends, Haley Wagner's small business, everything custom designs. She can get you some customized clothing, whether that's uh, hoodies, T-shirts, maybe some pajamas for Christmas, Thanksgiving time, a kitchen apron, maybe some Santa hats, a stocking. Who knows? There's a lot of holidays coming up. But if you want to go check that out, we've got two links down there for her as well. You're not able to get a hat, but that's OK. She got all sorts of other stuff. Absolutely. Um, all right, let's just dive right into it. The Penguins are back. They're back. Four straight wins now for this team. I'm I'm about ready to. I mean, we're gonna dive into some of the numbers here, but four straight wins for this team. Um, the time we talked last week, they had won two in a row, but then they also defeated the Kings on Thursday night. Followed that up by returning home after that California trip, where they went three for three, six points in three games. Uh, and beat the Sabres on Saturday night four to nothing in a game where, by the way, we didn't even really get to like mention Tristan Jari back after just what, missing one game when we really had no clue what that absence was going to look like. We talked about that last week, how they really couldn't afford uh, to be missing him for any period of time, just one game. So Tristan Jari back in the lineup and gets his third shutout out of five wins that he has on the year. So we can dive into that too. But yeah, I really feel like this Penguin team is is finding their identity, finding what they're supposed to be. And by the way, I mentioned it last week, and now we've seen it uh, two more games. They did. They've switched up their forecheck. They're playing a completely different system right now. I think that they've come to the realization, like credit to Sullivan, who notoriously people have been calling stubborn over the last few seasons, unwilling to change, make the correct line of decisions, relies too much on veteranship and you know leadership and keeps those guys uh, in the lineup because of those things, the intangible stuff as opposed to being a better option, but credit where it's due here for sure, because I think that there was a realization we can't continue to play the same style of hockey with the players that we currently have on this roster. So we have to switch something up. They've switched that up. And I think right now they're just enjoying the fruits of their labor with what they're doing right now. So I really think they're finding their stride on this four day win streak. 
I think so too. That's something that we touched on um, just last week when we talked about and gave a little bit of credit for the little bit that we saw. And we were wondering whether it was going to continue in these next few games. And we'll still continue to see whether, whether that is still holds true as these games come along. But from what we've seen over so far and on this win streak, they're changing how they played. And just two weeks ago, that was the really the big thing that we were talking about that they needed to change how they played because they aren't that team anymore. They aren't that team to be able to, to win just with speed and transition and, and, and winning, by just being faster than everybody else. They can't do that anymore. The league is set up to do that. The Penguins are not. So they had to switch the way they played. And we've seen that in these games, and we've seen the results. We've won four in a row. I don't think that that's necessarily a coincidence. I think that goes to show that the the coaching staff, starting with Mike Sullivan, like we've said, he's recognized that problem, and he's adapting. That was something that we talked about. That's something that I feel like others have talked about, mainly just because hockey coaches in and of themselves – have a tendency to more or less go down with the ship in a sense of they don't really want to adapt to the situation that's evolving around them. They more so have their schemes. They more so have their style of play and they, they more or less stick to it, whether that's for better or for worse of the team. Um, and, and I gave the example of Mike Johnson really, really sticking to what he had. Um, and it took Mike Sullivan coming in to replace him to be able to, to get some winning hockey out of that team. The personnel didn't change all that much. It was just the style of play. That's what you're seeing with this one. The per- this is the same personnel that was performing very poorly over the first month of the season, but they were able to adjust their style of play, adjust what they're doing on the ice and how they're forechecking, how they're defending. They're able to, to, to do that because of the style of team they have where, yeah, they're older. They're a little bit slower, They but it's time to adjust, and Mike Sullivan has done a good job of recognizing that, and that has gone with four wins. And you mentioned Tristan Jari, and I mentioned this to you on Twitter uh, in response to you. Oh, yeah. It, it's so funny, especially looking at the game logs, where I said that Tristan Jari, and if you follow follow baseball or you follow us talking about the Pirates, uh, Johan Oviedo was a pitcher for the Pirates that – had such a weird season where he was either hot or cold in his starts. He was giving up like zero to one runs a game, or he was giving up like four or five runs a game. And there was, there was not much in between. And honestly, Tristan Jari, (laughs) it's, it's very similar looking at some of his games played. He's either giving up zero goals. And in one game, he's given up two goals where the Penguins did win against San Jose. That was that 10 to two game. Yeah. Or, he's giving up like three to four goals a game. So it's, it's, there's not a lot of in between for Jari right now uh, over his, his last few uh, outings, including that game against Anaheim where he did get injured. He's given up zero goals in the last two outings that we've seen him in. And then three straight wins for Jari whenever he's between the pipes. So that's a good thing, but that, that just goes for um, to show that like not only just the team in, in a sense, but I feel like they have to adjust to the goaltending situation. They had to adjust to what was behind them as well over these these couple of games where they didn't have Jari. And then they get Jari back and he posts a shutout. Such a weird season for him overall to start the season. Um, but that's just kind of how the how weird the Penguin season has been as, as well. Um, and But it's, it's nice that they're able to find their footing in some sense and to be able to adjust their play to find ways to win these games and not only find ways to win the game, they've looked pretty good over, over this stretch as well. And in the sense of like, they're not lucking their way into these wins and some of them, they even look dominant. I might say. 
Yeah, I mean, I agree fully with what you said. I think Tristan Jari is just going to be one of those things, man. It's like a curious case that you really can't get a read on. I feel like you can tell early in games, too, which version of Tristan Jari you have. Like, mm-hmm. very early in games, is it evident to me what version you were going to get for those 60 minutes uh, on both the good and bad side? Um, I've never, I don't think that either of us have ever questioned the talent. It's just about the mental fortitude for him to bounce back after giving up one bad. Like, did he bounce back after giving up a goal or do things start to tumble on him? Um, and again, I think we typically get those questions very early in a game, which version we are going to get of him. Um, but the other I wanted to bring up Eric Carlson specifically, who over this five game point streak right now that he has uh, nine points in those five games. And I feel like has really come into his own. It's funny because, OK, let's look at I, I said I wanted to bring up some numbers here for the Penguins. Uh, and these aren't like any advanced things. These are just on the surface numbers. Yeah. Seventh in goals. First in shots on goal. This is in the entire NHL. Uh, first in faceoff percentage. Not sure if people are talking about giving the Penguins enough credit for what they've done in the faceoff circle this year. Um, sixth in goals allowed. Eleventh in shots on goal allowed. Eleventh in penalty kill. Fourth in penalty. Miss. So they're not taking a bunch of penalties either. Now, but here's the thing. 17th in shooting percentage. The Penguins have all. I'm actually surprised that it's that high because in past years, yeah. you're typically you see the yeah. Penguins in the bottom five. Now, here's where my issue is 19th on the power play. That's trending in the right direction. I feel like as of late, I think it's getting better. Still, bottom Eric half. Carlson's a big part of that, but yeah, still in the bottom half of the power play. Uh, when you talk about the amount of talent that you're putting on that power play, now I will say, ever since making the switch where Riley Smith is full-time on that first power play. I think it's looked better for whatever mm-hmm. reason. It's just, it's, it wasn't working with Ricard Raquel playing over there. But to me, Eric Carlson, I, I just, I just enjoy watching the dude play hockey. Like, I, I don't know about you, but I just like the, he just moves different. Watching him skate is a treat watching the puck on his stick, uh, watching him command the blue line. Like, he's just a fun player to watch play the game of hockey. And that's why I said before the season, before we had any results to go based off of, I don't know if the Penguins were going to be good. This is what I said. But I know that they're going to be more fun to watch this year. And this guy was a big reason why. I just think what he's done for this team, specifically being able to transition the puck up the ice, has been huge. And I think that when you look at the shots on goal number being first in the NHL, I, I don't think Ryan Graves has been a good addition up to this point, but he's getting pucks to the net, like specifically from the blue line. I feel like mm-hmm. they're getting more pucks through from the blue line. Thanks to some of the acquisitions they've made uh, mainly Eric Carlson. Yeah. I mean, Eric Carlson, we knew was going to be a good player. I think the one thing that was surprising for a lot of penguin fans, fans myself included is he's not as bad in his own zone. than as I thought he was going to be, which I think is, Right, like nothing's looked like, like catastrophic yeah, at this point. Like, like it, yeah. I, I, I literally thought he might be the worst defensive player on the ice, but it didn't matter because he how how good offensively he is. He hasn't been that. I'm not gonna say he's been a great defensive player, but like he's not as bad as I thought he was gonna be in his own end, which was a pleasant surprise. Mm-hmm. And I think that like when I look at his Corsi number, for example, like his Corsi percentage is like sixty percent, which is really high for a player. Um, for those that don't know, that's basically like the the shots and and everything against while you're on the ice or for while you're on the ice and like the ratio of that. So 60% is really high, but 
I think that just goes like how much offensive driven he is and how offensively driven the Penguins are when he's on the ice too. Like mm-hmm. I feel like they're clearly different um, whenever he's on the ice versus when they're off when he's off the ice. And I, I feel like I'm not going to say like he's necessarily better than Latang in that sense, but like I just think they're different players. Watching them, I feel like they're totally different. Um, like you said, like they're, they're both good at in their own right offensively, but Eric Carlson is just different. And he's just like a completely different breed when you watch him. He's so fun to watch, like you were saying. And he's been huge for the Penguins. I mean, he he had two goals in the game against what LA, um, and including what the first goal of the game, I think, or no, it was a third goal of the game. The I, I forget which one it was. Uh, honestly, thinking back to that, but he had two goals in that game. I think he's been yeah, he, as Carl, good as Carlson advertised. Had two goals against Buffalo. Yeah, Saturday. Oh, was it Buffalo? No, yeah, I was. I said L.A. Excuse me, I, I'm I'm in Buffalo. Um, but I, I think he's been as good as advertised. Obviously, coming off a 101 point season, it's going to be hard to live up to those expectations um, that that some fans may may make. But as far as the expectations I had for him, I think he's exceeded all of them, and he's been a great player and a, and a great addition. And obviously, there there's there could be talks to whether they should have. Um, use some of the cap that they're spending on Carlson to improve their their middle or bottom six. I still think that there's a that you can make an argument there to be made based off of what we've seen so far this season. But as far as strictly what you're getting from Eric Carlson himself, I think that the trade was well worth it. Oh yeah, I mean you gave up one maybe asset in whatever that first round pick turns into, in my opinion. So. Yeah. I, I make that trade every single day of the week. I wanted to mention Latang though, and give him some credit because I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, I think. And it was talking about how it just seems like to me with the addition of Eric Carlson, maybe he has taken a little bit of a backseat. And first off, you got to give him credit for being willing to do so. But the play in his own end to me has really jumped off the page this year, more than what he's bringing offensively. And uh, j- shout out to Jesse Marshall, friend of the show brought this up. He put it on X today. Chris Letang has the lowest percentage of carry-ins among, against among any defenseman on the team. So to me, I think that he's taken a step forward in his own end, maybe subconsciously because of knowing what Eric Carlson's going to do in the offensive end, and he doesn't have to be that guy for this team anymore. He doesn't have to shoulder all of that offensive burden. Maybe it's, you know, due to not being attached to Brian Dumoulin anymore. Again, I, I don't think Ryan Graves has necessarily been good to start this season we'll either. Maybe but... it's attached to Ryan Graves as well, where he's yeah. had to elevate his game defensively. So I don't know what the reason is, but I certainly feel like we're not talking enough as a whole, as Penguin fans, about the season that Chris Letang has had defensively so far. No, he's he's been really good. He's been really good, and that's why I didn't I didn't want to take away anything from Latang when I was talking about Carlson and comparing the two. Mm-hmm. They're just different players. Um, where Carlson lacks defensively, that's that's the thing that Latang still has in his game, and I is has always been underrated for. I feel like um, for the better part of his career, underrated in his own end. Um, but even still, to at, at his age to be able to do what he's doing, he's still leading the team in in time on ice per game. Um, mm-hmm. it, average like over 24 minutes a game. Both him and Carlson, I think they're only a few seconds apart in in the average per game, but they're both over 24 minutes per game. They're still relying on him so, so much. Um, and having to have that elevated role, I, I I'm I'm curious to wonder 
if it is so it's just a subconscious thing of like not having Dumlin there, despite Dumlin even being um, a defensive inefficiency, like for the better part of a couple seasons to end his career with the Penguins. I, I think that even just with him on the ice, Latang still had that just felt more comfortable. Maybe he doesn't feel like that right now. And he's it's still an adjustment period having to play with Graves and having to, to get used to having a new pairing partner. But I, I, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. I think that that's something that is going to, to help this team overall. If Latang can be more defensive, because obviously we, there's enough room for offensive defensemen on this team. We've got several of them, but we can only really have one if we want to complete be completely irrelevant in his own end. We only have room for one of those. So if Latang's going to elevate his game in his own end, then that's perfectly fine with me. Pretty wild that uh, Dumlin and Justin Schultz are actually defensive partners in Seattle. Really? Pretty fun, yeah. That would have been the first pairing think... in that 2017 Cup run, right? Mm, were they? Maybe. Well, I know Justin Schultz was the top pairing. Yeah, but it, I, I was wondering if he was playing with somebody else. Would have been Ian Cole? I thought, because I thought Hainsey was playing on his offside with Dumoulin. Oh, he might have been. I don't know. I'd have to go back and look at that. But that's it's funny that those two are paired up together. Yeah, it is. And Brian Dumoulin already, and I say already just because this was not something that he ever did, has two goals uh, in 11 games for the Kraken. It feels like he had two Which... goals in eleven hundred games with the Penguins. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, but anyway, uh, what else did I want to bring up Penguins wise? Was there anything else? Um, maybe just check in. Let's let's talk about the the bottom six real quick because they did make one change. Uh, we did see Carter get back into the lineup for that game against LA because of the Jari thing. Like they knew it wasn't going to be long enough term because of the cap where thing. They could put... Yeah, they're, yeah, they're yeah, sitting the... with. Wait, wait, hold on. Seventeen, $17,351 $17, of cap space right now. So anytime yeah. they send someone down or bring someone up, they have to maneuver it. Yeah. So, But unfortunately, you know, Vinny Hinostraza was the guy that goes down, so then he can't play, obviously, yeah. against the Kings, which you almost feel like Carter probably plays that game because it would be his last time playing in L.A. anyway. So maybe he gets into the lineup regardless. Probably, yeah. Worked out that way. But because of the situation with Jari, they needed a backup goaltender. So Yoel Bloomquist comes up and has to be the backup to Hellberg for that night. But Jari's not going on IR or anything. Hinnestraza gets sent down. So Carter gets into the lineup for that game. Hinnestraza comes back in on Saturday against Buffalo. Carter gets scratched. Now apparently is dealing with an injury. But what's your, what's your temperature check with the bottom six right now? I feel like the third line has been pretty So We saw Drew O'Connor get on the goal sheet now as well. Um, I feel like Zahorn has been a nice addition. I don't Marzeller know. Marzeller has now points in four of his last five games. Yeah. I, but I want to say with Zahorn, it really makes you wonder how he was not on the opening night roster with the way that he's looked. Uh, and yeah, Lars Eller has been good playing in the middle. Maybe it's just, man, getting him some young, fresh legs to play mm -hmm. in the middle of. Maybe that was the key to, you know, rejuvenating him. But then on the fourth line, too, I mean, I feel like Vinny Strauss has been, you know, a nice little injection for this lineup, too. I thought he was creating some good chances. He scored a goal uh, in his first game up here. Um, Achari's, he is what he, I, I think Achari's probably the guy after Carter that's been, you know, the most disappointing and the most worthy of losing his spot. I don't think that's going to happen. But, you know, between him and Nieto, along with Hinostraza, I feel like they're at least somewhat noticeable. They're not getting caved in. In their own end, Achari's at least killing penalties. 
Nieto's still got, you know, some speed in his legs and can create a little bit. So I just, I don't feel like there's much of a black hole as what it looked like they were going to be at the beginning of the season. I don't either. Um, and it, it helps when you win, right? Like you're not going to be complaining yeah. as much when you're winning games. And if that's the formula that they have, like unless what they, fans. what they, <laughs> unless they're Steelers fans, <laughs> but uh, unless if that's the formula that they have to win these games, I, I don't hate it. Like, I think the third line's actually been pretty good overall. And like you said, maybe Lars Eller just needed some younger guys with Drew O'Connor mm-hmm. and Dave Zahorna to be able to, to have a functioning line for that third line. And with Carter out, I, I think that Henestrosa has looked good in the lineup and that, that fourth line, like you said, it's it's not like it's an amazing line. It's not great, but it's it's playable. That's it's more playable than it was whenever Carter was out there. Um, and so my temperature check on is like obviously I still think that there's a, a spot or two that could change. Like you could see Achari um be be like replaced with somebody else, but you know, I don't think that's 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 as a as um much of a need right now based off of where we were just a few weeks ago looking at this bottom six. I think that they're starting to figure some things out that are they're doing well. And I think that maybe part of that is just the style of play is different. Um, and, and that helps the bottom six out too. Like we mentioned with the four checking, that, that, just, that doesn't just affect the how the team is winning games and, and helps them overall. It could affect how people view the bottom six as a whole based off of how they the, the style of play that they end up playing too. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I just I feel like I I like where the the blend is right now with what they have throughout the lineup. Now, of course, I think you could always say you would like to see more contributions from the bottom six. Honestly, we're just all waiting for Ricard Raquel to score a goal. It's like it's still, I feel bad for him at this point. He's he's averaging like four or five shots on goal a night, though. Like his shooting percentage at zero. It's gonna take forever to make up for that to get to league average with how many pucks he's putting on net and not scoring but it's just card raquel is fifth on the team in shots he's only behind malkin rust gensel and sid (laughs) like this is wild to me meanwhile malkin rust gensel and sid themselves have eight for malkin seven for rust five for jake and seven for sid Mm -hmm. card raquel has zero still yeah and it, yeah, it, yeah I'm, I'm past the point of like questioning whether they should change the line or not. I know that they're not going to, especially when they're winning, they're not going to. So I, at this point, I just feel bad for Carter Kell because I feel like well, when you look at like Malkin and Riley Smith, they're doing good. They look good together. And and it feels like Ricardo Kell is just like the misfit toy on that that line. And he's not getting any goals. Well, yeah. And the other thing with that in terms of like shifting the lineup, like why would you do that though if it's working overall? Like you're not going to do that right. just to get one guy going. Like you have Riley Smith and Gino, which are working out fine. Like Raquel's on the ice with them. He's still creating for them. I mean, how many assists does he have? Three. Okay. And then you look at what the top line's doing. Like those guys are all playing well together. So why would you switch Rust and Raquel just in hopes of getting Raquel specifically going when any, when everything else is working fine? Raquel's Corsi four percentage is sixty three point nine. He's still driving offense when he's on the ice. Yeah, I, wild. And his PDO is an even one hundred. So according to his PDO, he's not unlucky either. It's it is so weird. I, I wonder weird what case. his his like expected goals for are, and like what what his what the difference is from what his expected goals for are at this point in the season to what he actually has, which is zero. 
do you get the sense um though that like once he scores one you're just gonna start seeing him fall i i feel like you have to at that point i i i feel like the dam has to break at some point because he's shooting the puck like i said he's he is fourth or fifth on the team in shots um he's only one mm-hmm. he's he's one away from malkin tie for fourth on the team in shots and and so to have that many shots the, so far in this season and still not have a goal, I just feel like, like you said, like once once he gets one, it's probably going to come easier. And and maybe maybe is that's it. Like maybe he, I'm sure when, when, us talking about it as a fan, we can only be so frustrated. Imagine what it's like for him as a player, just not having any of these fall at all. And and, and he had what was was it against the? It was either the Sabers or the Kings? He was so close to having a goal. Probably both. Probably <laughs> I don't both. know. It probably was both. I but... mean, he hit. I think he hit a bar in both of them, or at least a post in both of them. Yeah. So, it, like, that's just, and those aren't even registered shots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wild stuff. Uh, anything else? Sad. as it regards to the pens. No, just just keep winning. Like I said yesterday in the Steelers episode, just keep winning. That's all we care about. You sound like uh, a member of the Davis family right now. The Raiders. Actually, ownership. you know what? There's one more thing I need to add. Just win, baby. Trade Nadelkovich to the Columbus Blue Jackets <laughs> so he can play with for the Col- or the Col- Cleveland Monsters. That's the name I'm looking for. Because yeah. what in the world are you doing as a Penguins player wearing a Miles Garrett jersey to practice? Where, Browns, where do you, know, you have to be off in your mind to think that that's okay and that everybody Mike, watching you is going to be okay with that? Mike you just Rupp made the fan base it. hate you. Yeah, and Mike Rupp said he loved it, so he can go too. We're going to have to talk with our boy Josh Getzoff about this because he's got access to Rupp you know, more than anybody else. An easy way to make a bunch of Yinzers dislike you, no matter whether you're on the team or not, they'll still yeah. dislike you. Well, here's the thing too. It, like that's as bad as it can get with miles Garrett. Like if it was a Browns Jersey, it wasn't going to be good, but specifically miles Garrett. Yeah. But you know, you, you know what? Okay. So you know what somebody needs to do someone tomorrow at practice or no, they, they play, they play a game tomorrow in Columbus. Please. Actually. Hey, hey, they're in Columbus. They need to, Someone, one of the Penguins, they need to wear a Mason Rudolph jersey to the game. Uh, <laughs> they they need to wear a Mason Rudolph and then, jersey and to then the smack game. him with the helmet, and then smack him with the helmet and be like, "Oh, you're on a, you're on IR. Let me make sure you stay there." And then, <laughs> then they smack him with the helmet, and man, hey, what a way to become a sorry villain! About it. What a way to become a villain because everybody knows, like as much as much as people love the Penguins, Steelers, Steelers and football drive this town. So you're gonna wear a Miles Garrett jersey, and where do you get off? The audacity, yeah, unbelievable. Anyways, um, like subscribe at the notification bell here. As Tyler mentioned at the beginning of the episode, year six of rocking around the four one two, we're gonna be taking donations for probably another month or so. Uh, we've raised over twenty five thousand dollars in the first five years of doing so. Every single penny that is donated goes directly to providing Christmas for kids in the seven two four and four one two areas. 
Uh, we last year and going forward partnered up with the East Rochester Salvation Army to adopt kids off their angel tree as well in the name of our late friend Dalton Keen, his girlfriend Kaylee, their daughter Isla have been helping us with the mission since last year. We'll continue to do so. Uh, really enjoyed that aspect of things, but also obviously love the way that things are going before. It's a nice little blend, I think, that we are bringing together. Teach Barbershop, our sponsor. You can also go there directly to drop off any donations, whether it be monetary or What's an interesting thing that we're doing this year, and again, kind of just as the Christmas mission uh, goes through evolution, I guess, and change just to continue to grow, you can adopt a tag yourself if you would rather be more hands-on with it. So that's a really cool way of just, again, kind of changing things up, getting more involved, get, being involved as many ways as we can. So shout out to Christian and Hannah. Uh, his wife over at Keats Barbershop for allowing us to use their barbershop and also be uh, collecting things there. So you can do that. Reach out to us, whether it's on our personals, mine or Tyler's at around the 412, around the 412 at gmail.com. We're on Instagram. We're on X. We're on every social media platform. Heck, we're on TikTok. If for some reason that would be the way that you wanted to reach out to us, have at it. I don't care. Somebody will get back to you, whether it's Tyler or I. Um, but yeah, do that. If you are a family in need at Christmas time, you can also reach out to us. Or if you know of a family, we are still certainly looking for individual families to provide Christmas to. We also have our friend Haley Wagner's Everything But Hats Custom Designs, the link for Etsy and Facebook in the description of the show where she can do custom shirts hoodies, sweatpants, kitchen aprons for Thanksgiving, stockings for Christmas, pajamas, yada, yada, yada. Again, what really want to emphasize this, really want to hammer this part of this home, no hats. So you can ask about them. Actually, I recommend that you ask her about them. That way you can get a no just like I did. Um, but other than that, for Tyler, for Smitty, this has been Around the 4-1 Dude. Go check out another episode popping up right now, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>